Clippers. Let's go on. To, to start this off, you know, I, I found a stat. I just want to quiz you. Okay, I'm ready. Over and under, the, the Clippers traded away five first-round picks for Paul George. Mm-hmm. Did Paul George <laughs> make more or less shots last night than five? I feel like he only made five. I'd say less if I have to go. I'm going to say less. Five would be a little high. Five would it be was a little five. high. <laughs> Dang, man. He made four shots. They traded. Did he have ten points? Leonard should be the number two player in the league right now. The fact that he has won two championships and two finals MVPs and came up with nothing. I don't know if he's I mean, he scored, or... he scored nothing. Uh, I, I think <clears throat> I think I just want to go back to, to this. We talked last time about how Jimmy Butler wasn't on the defensive team hmm. and and how he's not considered the best wing defender in the league. But here we've watched the Heat win games where Jimmy Butler only had 10 points yeah. and was the most important player on the yep. floor, the highest plus minus. Yep. You come out here and you tell me that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the best wing defenders in the league. And then you tell me that Butler is a guy that he doesn't shoot high enough percentage from three and he's not a, he's not a bucket maker the same way Kawhi is. But in the same night, Jimmy Butler had two go-ahead buckets in 20 seconds and – that's two more shots than Paul George or Kawhi Leonard made in the fourth quarter hmm. in 12 minutes. And, I mean, I don't know. If you actually watch basketball and you're not some, like, stat guys who's just looking at numbers, I can tell you who I'd rather have on my team when the game's on the line. Also, the Lakers, if they lost, the whole entire world would come down. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But you're telling me that Kawhi Leonard, who picked his destiny – after beating the Golden State Warriors with the Toronto Raptors team that he played for for one year, disrespected by leaving, and chose his destiny, took the biggest ad campaigns, got the shoe sponsorship, mm. you know, the, the fun guy, and then he comes out in just like a dead fish? Like, absolutely, I just can't even hit the, all the blame. Doc Rivers has lost three three ones, and I still say all the blame is on Kawhi Leonard in, in my book. I mean, you can't it's, score points, and you can't shut down Jamal Murray. You can't shut him down. You can't keep him from scoring. Was Pat Bev, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George all guarding Jamal Murray, and he scored 40 points on him in a closeout game seven, and you're the best perimeter defense in the NBA in the history? I can't. Donald Sterling must still be there somewhere because they are cursed. Ooh. Like, there is a curse on the Clippers. Like, it's 50, not good. 50 Something years and never made it out the second round. That's that's impossible. That is the sins of the past. I can't believe. I, I think I think our rec team could make it past the second round on the Clippers. If, if it was us in the rec versus the Clippers, I'm putting all my money on, on us because the Clippers because are in the second I have, round. <laughs> I saw somebody lost I saw somebody online lost ten grand on that game. And I was thinking Man, you can't bet for the Clippers. They ain't, they ain't got Not it. in the they second the round. In the first round, you can put your money on the Clippers. Sorry, you can play on the Clippers the first round. I mean, it's, I just, I can't even, I can't even. I, uh, what what is it? Is, is it a mentality know. thing? You know, they did, they did want to leave the bubble where they just, you know, wanted to leave even sooner. They just want to pack it up, go to Cancun with Dame and CJ. You know what, what's happening with all that? Um, you know, they're, they're, they were obviously fatigued, and I get that. You know, they're playing every other night Everybody's in the bubble. It's the playoffs. But the thing is... But they only have to travel. I, I get it. I get it. I get that the Clippers were fatigued. But you know who also is playing every other night? The Nuggets. Yeah. Every other team and in the playoffs right now is playing every other and night. You want to talk about being in a bubble? I mean, we let's go back to Michael Jordan on the Dream Team. I mean, he's out golfing all day, gambling <laughs> all night, Five and destroying people day. every other day. 
You know? Yeah. It's smoking five cigars <laughs> a day. And you're telling me that these guys are living in a hotel, in the bubble, playing every other day. They yeah. never have to travel. And they ain't out golfing. Yeah. So, I mean, they're playing video games all night, waiting to, waiting to play basketball for two yep. days. I mean, all they had to do was watch the tape. When you blow a 16-point lead, and then the next day you blow a 19-point lead, my God, you better not blow a lead in game yep. seven. Like, and, how are you even there? And I, they, they act like Montrez Harrell is this big dog, six-man of the year, which, you know, arguably shouldn't have won. My money's on, on Dennis Schroeder for that award this year. Um, and and, and Jokic, Jokic is just doing whatever he wants to facilitate the ball against the Clippers all series and, and prominently, like you said, third quarter, fourth quarter yesterday. Uh, Jokic was just doing what he wanted against Montrez, against Zubak. They didn't even try to, they didn't even try to rough him up. They didn't even try to throw fouls at him. Do do any of uh, that? That's, that's an NBA classic game. Honestly, off desk that third quarter. People will be talking about that forever. That's a masterpiece. Jokic is a top five Jokic player in the league. Jokic was painting a masterpiece last night. He Absolutely. came in the season Absolutely. fat and 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 unable to even ball at the same level. And he got in the bubble and dude yep. put a masterpiece up against. He the he slimmed up over over the quarantine. He uh, he did what he needed to do because he's a winner. He, he even played good defense last night. Well. Yeah, he's not usually known for playing great defense. But I saw him really going hard after Montrez. Pulled like the... he was. He was really on it last night. Is it 13 assists on that? 22 boards and 16 points. That's a that's a perfect triple-double game. 13 assists from your big man. And, and that leads me into a little bit, you know, we, we obviously have thoughts on the Clippers, and we can come back and we can talk about this all day. But no, I'm not in, ever going to stop talking about it now. I had the rule in, never talk about the Clippers, <laughs> but now I only want to talk about the Clippers. In a league that is dominated by guard play, in a league that has – you know, three, four of the, the top ten players in the league are wing players, that we get a Western Conference matchup against the two best bigs in the league, Anthony Davis and Jokic. And to me, that's the prominent matchup of this series. LeBron James is going to do what he wants. Nobody on the Nuggets is prepared for what LeBron James is going to do. Uh, the, the guard play on both sides is going to be good. There's a, uh, some good defensive play on, on both sides. Rondo, if, if Rondo plays like he has been coming back uh, in the playoffs, you know, I think that'll be a tough matchup. I mean, if the Lakers the lose fact to that the Nuggets, get... it's going to be a, a, the same situation. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way. If the Lakers lose, well, I'm, it's a Yeah, and I'm not putting my money yet on the Lakers losing. But the fact that we get a throwback, you know, Jokic versus Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can hit the mid-range, so can Jokic. Jokic is a better facilitator. Anthony Davis can pound it inside. They both get boards. I think this is something that is uh, good for the NBA. Um, I think Shaq said it a couple years ago that, you know, we'll we'll have a return of the big man in the league. It may look different, but we'll have a return. Yeah. Because I mean, as soon as you get the great player, that's what every team tries to emulate. Yeah, I don't know if Jokic is is this top two. I don't know if Davis and Jokic will I put as top two. I'll put Davis as number one big man in the league. Uh, I think Joel Embiid is still... An actual skill but if you, level. If you want to, you know, oh, one if you two. want a team, though, if you are putting if I was anybody on a team, team, you choose Jokic over Embiid. Yeah, I would. I Jokic, Jokic is healthier. Jokic facilitates the ball. Jokic can he come move with a around. Lot of baggage either. Jokic like, gets Jokic, you. Jokic just balls. You know, Jokic just gets you ball. the winning the winning place. Jokic gets you fifty wins a he, year, and he's twenty four. People should have seen the Clippers' problem after they after they were dropping games to the Mavs. With no KP, I mean, mm-hmm. they should have saw it. That team had no urgency. That team wasn't ready to play basketball. They and they spent the whole yeah. entire season not ready. They came out opening day and played hard. They played hard Christmas Day to beat their rivals. But they spent the most the whole season just talking a lot of trash. They weren't ready. You know, well, yeah. honestly, the Clippers team last year, I still think was a better team. They, think, they took two from Golden State. I think I have before this. Before Golden State lost. It's going to back to my theory team. of uh, why Philadelphia has always been bad for the last five years. They set up a losing mentality. The Clippers this I'll, year, they set I'll up tell a, you, a losing wait mentality. till we're ready mentality. You want to know what a losing mentality is? <laughs> Trading all your draft picks for Paul George. I Trading agree. your whole I entire agree. future for Paul George. That's a losing mentality. They, imagine you know, if they you know had, who they You know who they could have won with? Shy and Gallinari. Well, if y'all do, if they had Shy and Gallinari, that team would be a totally different team. But you know who else? 
Chris Paul. <laughs> they needed a fourth quarter bucket, and they didn't have a fourth quarter bucket getter. They didn't have a guy that could score a point. It, 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 can that, you imagine being the Clippers and going through all this, and, and you go and build this team, and they're like, no, it's not even like the year the Lakers had Nash and Howard and things fell apart. That fell apart early. We're talking hyped all year. The season gets extended yeah. into the bubble, and, and they still – they just, they just, they were a dead fish. They just were gone. They were not there. They were never ready to play basketball. I just, I have to know, why did Kawhi choose Paul George over LeBron, Paul George over Anthony Davis? Did he even consider the Jimmy pride Butler? He's the pride of men. And, and the thing is, and I'll, I'll it's, say it's it, wanting I know to that beat you LeBron and wanting to do all this stuff. And all year, the only thing the Clippers thought is, we just need to get past the Lakers. Everybody else is nothing to us. That's what they thought all year. And LeBron, and LeBron is old, dude. He learned the time the Mavericks beat his Miami Heat team. He learned, hey, don't take it for granted. You, They ain't going to just roll over and let yep. you win. If you're the team to beat, they're going to come out and gun for you. Every time Kawhi's won, he's been the underdog. Every time. Those Spurs teams, they're always counted out. Everybody, I don't know. They don't have uh, Tim Duncan's old. He comes in with Toronto. Well, I don't know. I mean, Toronto's never been able to get there, and everyone's hype on, on Sixers and, and Bucks, and then Kawhi comes in. But he came in, and all the lights were on, yep. and they said, hey, you're the man now, and this is the team to beat. Then he wasn't ready to be the team to beat. Yep. He wasn't that guy. Well, didn't I work think, out. Yeah, I think, uh, and to your point, it, it shows that, you know, LeBron has been the king of the league for 10 years. We can we can say solidly 10 years since Kobe's since last Kobe's championship. Last championship yeah. we, we can KBD, say LeBron, LeBron has been the man. Some can say, you know, there's uh, some intermingling there, but I'll give the 2000s to Kobe still. Uh, but the fact that all year the Clippers were gearing up to beat the Lakers, the Bucks were gearing up to beat the Lakers, nobody else was gearing up to beat the Bucks beat unless the you were teams. in the East. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. weren't gearing up to beat the Clippers unless you were the Lakers, but that was because they were the only number two. That shows to me how much of a problem LeBron James still is to everybody, as well as Anthony Davis, as well as their coaching staff, as well as you know the pieces that they've put together there. It just shows, oh, yeah. you know... Who who reigns in this league still? And and it's also like like you look at Rondo like Rondo's game planning for every team they're gonna play right. So yep. so is LeBron. You look at the Kobe Bryant mentality. Kobe Bryant was gonna watch a film on every team he was gonna yep. play. He wasn't gonna play a team and go. Oh, I'll just Kobe him up. No, he was like, we're gonna get in the film room. We're gonna watch everything they advantage. do. We're gonna learn everything we can to have an advantage, right? And then like you take a team like the Clippers or the Bucks, and they're both like. Okay, well, our advantage is that we have so much talent on the yeah. floor. We're going to run through us. them. And we only need to beat these two or three threats. Like, these yeah. are the threats. Lakers, Bucks, these are the threats. If anybody else we play, not even close. You know, that's the way they're thinking. And then you go over to the, the Heat situation. You know, Eric Spalestra, is, he's, he is, and Pat Riley, those guys are video room guys. They know what their opponent's going to play like, and they're going to go out and try to beat their opponent that way, you know. I think the same thing with Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is like, we're going to study this team and we're going to beat them. Yeah. And you go over into into the Lakers side, you got Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd, you got Rondo. Those guys are guys who literally spend their time looking at the weaknesses of this team and yeah. trying to make those adjustments, trying to win. <clears throat> Doc Rivers didn't make a lot of adjustments. He thought, well, this is my best group on the floor. He thought that all the time. Yeah. He just put and, his and best Doc group on the floor. And Doc has always done that. He's always played and, through his And he, he has. And Doc's, Doc's a personality coach, but – you know, the, the situation the situation being that, like, these guys never took the other teams as a real threat. And when you don't do that, it always comes back to bite you. There's no way yeah. that you can you can live that way. When you have a veteran like Rondo or you go to Nuggets, you got a veteran like Millsap. Millsap stepped up and was like, hey, I, yeah. I know what we need to do to win. We need to yeah. do this to Mil win. Millsap is not things. the all-star that he has been. But they were playing him deep into the fourth quarter because he was that because better presence because he knew what to yeah, do. Because he was ready. Exactly. He'd be in his spots. Exactly. And he was ready to play. And so like like you just these guys took these teams for granted. I think watching I think watching Golden State hurt him because Golden State was so talented, they were able to go through everybody. And Golden State always made it look too easy. But you know that Golden State, you know that Steve Kerr was watching film. You know yeah. that's that they why were looking at those teams. That's and that's why, why they the really Rockets stopped through. Me. Over and the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I think so too because they it's, thought they were the it's Warriors. trying to it's trying to keep a winning mentality all the time. Yeah. And the Warriors talked about how hard that was after they got through after yeah. they won the it's, first it's year, won the second year. Five keeping a winning mentality like, is tough. Yeah. And you know, LeBron 
it, he's been there so long because he's never not had that mentality. Yeah. He's had to get it. You know, and I think that we've taken that for granted. And then these other guys, they just don't have it in the same way. You know, yeah. And obviously, some pieces do. I'm sure that some of them are. But you got to have to win a championship. Everyone's got to be on board, and everyone's got to be hungry. You know, you can't go out there and not be hungry. I mean, even Lou Williams could have hit a bucket. You know, what yeah. I mean, those guys are not the same team. Pepper. Also, let's call off the the let's give Ty Lue a coaching job. I, let me go back. I got to rewind to this. I, it's it. it's bothering me it. so much. All I hear is, you know, well, Tyron Lue's out there. He's got a championship pedigree. And I'm going I'm to tell you, he does not. He was LeBron's coach. LeBron won them championships. The front office put those teams together, and Ty Lue stood there. And last night, Ty Lue was, was the assistant coach for a team that blew a 3-1 lead mm-hmm. that didn't live up to its potential that had more talent than his Cleveland teams had on. Yeah. And if you give Ty Lue a job based on his championship uh, established coaching well I think you're just making a huge mistake because he doesn't have that he did not give that team an urgency or an urgent mentality this dude played with Kobe Bryant he couldn't get those dudes to be hungry to yes. win every night they still sit rested on their laurels and just waited waited for everyone to just let them roll through and man I, I don't see it and I think you look at the Lakers now I think Frank Vogel is a coach I do not think that LeBron is coaching the Lakers I think oh, Frank Vogel yeah. is a coach. He's Absolutely. like, you I look think, at the I defensive difference in Orlando. Yeah, you look at the defensive difference between yeah. a bunch of the same Lakers players to now, and he's changed the mentality of that team because yeah. of his defensive mentality. So you could see his his fingerprint. But with Ty Lue, you never saw that fingerprint in Cleveland. And now here he is, the assistant coach on a team that blew a 3-1 lead and still couldn't get the best team on paper to the Western Conference Finals. All you had to do is win one. I mean, I, I don't even I don't even understand why he's in the conversation for a top contender. I will never see it until he yeah. until he coaches a game the way that Popovich or Spoll or one of those guys does. I, I'm never gonna see it. Yeah. And and I just don't like the, you know, going touching on the Ty Lu. I I've never had the the highest uh, affinity for Ty Lu. I thought it was kind of kind of messed up how they shoved David Blatt out of out of yeah. Cleveland. The best coach in Europe pretty unanimously Get shoved out of of Cleveland because he just doesn't fit in. Whatever, yeah, he didn't that's, that's he didn't the thing. With the superstars, you know? Whatever, and but you get Ty Lue in there, and then you immediately think that Ty Lue is this great, you know, like player guard to player relation guy. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't think that he's the type of coach that I want to trust to rebuild a team, to drive a team to growth. And if that's not the type of coach that you are, I don't see how you, that how you grow, you know, from borderline championship contending in the Western Conference Finals to the championship mentality. The the Cleveland teams that he coached were going to be in the finals. That was, you know, no no question about it. Nobody in the East was going to challenge the Cleveland no. teams that were put together around LeBron. So Ty Lue didn't have to take Cleveland, have to make any have to or... take Cleveland from a fourth seed yeah. to a first seed that wins a championship. Yeah, rest this guy, put this three-point shooter in. Uh, exactly. You know. LeBron Whereas Brad Stevens, a Nick Nurse, you know Doc Rivers has been oh, there. Yeah. You know Greg Popovich. I mean, when Frank you just watch this Celtics it, Raptors know? battle, that was a coaching battle of yes. talent yeah. on both sides of the floor, and it was an insanely great battle all yeah. the way to the end. You know, um, you know the, this Heat and 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 Celtics battle. That's a coaching and a, and a players battle. Yeah. And in this sense, I don't think that Doc Rivers. I don't think Doc Rivers is a bad coach, but he's never at this <clears> point. He's going to be remembered for the guy that blew three three ones. He's going to be remembered for that. It's going to be it's going to be on him. He literally has a losing record now in closeout games. Yeah. And when he left Boston, he was a hero. You know. Yeah. He he was uh, a hero. I think. So I it's think, really uh, changed the legacy yep. of Doc in a way. Doc is mentally in and 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 all those things. He's a great. He's a leader. Yep. Doc Rivers is a leader. Uh, I would Absolutely. follow Doc Rivers, yeah. and and I'm not a Clippers fan, but you know, at this point, this is what people are going to think. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's those players' fault. When, when Kawhi and Paul George can't hit a shot, it's their fault. But yeah. are they going to change anything? Are they going to bring anybody? I mean, I know I know. Uh, J. Michael Green's a free agent. Uh, Morris is a free agent. I think Montrez is a free agent. So they have those. They have no cap space. You know, are they making some trades? They moving Zubac for somebody? Got no picks to send anymore. No picks. They done sold them all for yep. PG, playoff P. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, and, and to your point with, with Doc, and that's one thing that, you know, I thought about this today as I was reflecting on the game. You know, it kind of kind of made me sad uh, for the legacy of Doc Rivers because he's one of my favorite coaches uh, currently in the league and, and really throughout NBA history. And to me, I always reminisce on the Celtics days with Doc Rivers. You know, I think that he had had some good things in Orlando in the early 2000s, but then really everybody remembers Doc for the Celtics and what he did with that team and, and put it together. Ray Allen and, and KG and Paul Pierce and Rondo and letting them mesh on the floor together. Uh, but now we've had, what, seven years now of him in L.A., and, and that's all that I can remember because it's recent memory, and, and I don't want to remember seven years of going yeah. to the second round. You know, seven years of Blake Griffin and, and CP3 not getting along yeah, together. Andre Jordan. I mean, they had some stacked teams. They mm. couldn't do it, man. They couldn't do it. Yep. And, and that's, you know, that, that sucks. All beers came and closed that it out sucks. That would too. be like remembering Greg Popovich for the 2020 Spurs. You know, that's unfair. Can you imagine Greg Popovich blowing a 3-1 lead, though? I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Can you imagine Greg Popovich blowing a 3-1 lead to no. any team? I no, can't. I, I can't. I can't see it. The, I heard uh, I heard Jeff Van Gundy say that in uh, World Ball, they, Popovich said he wouldn't double-team Jokic unless he couldn't see the double-team. Hmm. And I was like, man, Popovich is such a genius. Jeff Van Gundy has said that in game five, maybe the Clippers would have won. They've been like, oh, what did Jeff say? Because literally in the third quarter, yeah. they just send the double teams out. And he's like, oh, you moved here? And he knows he knows all the guys on his team. And that's the thing. That's that's a chemistry team. Did you see the Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah in, the, in the fourth um Patrick Beverly saw that pass. And did you see him suddenly hustle to foul Murray because yep. he didn't want to be on the on the highlight? Yep. He would be on a highlight, dude, that people would talk about yep. for, for the listeners not seeing this on IG Live, you know, we're referencing the behind-the-back no-look pass no on, look the, on the, the cutter the game, from Jokic. And, and that's what happens <laughs> when you have teams with chemistry. You get these teams that are trying to build super teams nowadays and move pieces around, and, and Paul George and Kawhi are joining a new team this year and joining a new team that year. And while that's all fun and games, and that's good, and, and even LeBron is trying to figure out the, the bumps of him and AD working together and even Kyle Kuzma and those, those guys a little deeper down the roster, the Nuggets are a young core. Jokic has been there since he's been drafted. Jamal Murray is growing up with them. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be growing in there. Gary Gary Harris is great defensively because he knows the scheme and and he's a great defensive player. So they have that continuity. Same thing with the Raptors. Same things with the uh, with the Celtics. Similar style with the Heat. You know they have a great culture. A lot of young guys that have been brought in there. And those are the teams that are surviving this bubble the best. Those are the teams that are. Um, having the consistent longevity, 45-50 win seasons, and, and I mean, going Clippers, deep into the playoffs. The Clippers every only year. played with their with their full team for like like ninety minutes or something of basketball before the bubble. You know? Yeah, uh, so it's it's ridiculous. Know. Yeah, and and they also uh, they cut a lot of practices because uh, because load management. They they mm-hmm. wanted to load manage as much as they could, so they didn't practice as much as teams practice. Uh, it's wild. You think that, they even hang out together? You, think, you, think, <laughs> you don't even know. Like, do they hang out? I mean, it's it's literally wild that like here you are, you grow up playing playing sports, and it's practice, 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 yep. and practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect play. You know, literally, it's all they talk about. And then you get these huge NBA contracts, and and you're doing what you want, and, you, and you're coming off a championship, and everything's yep. great. And and it's like, oh, we don't have to practice. It's literally like it's literally a tourist when, and a hair story in when real you don't life. Have that chemistry, I can see you know the the nineteen ninety three Bulls coming off of championships, you know, changing up practice or whatever. They have continuity. They have been together. Oh, yeah, and they they've won championships. Won. But yeah. the the Clippers are just trying to if come Golden together. Golden State skipped to the practice. It was all right. Yeah, because exactly. they, they knew exactly what they exactly. Were doing. Exactly, and, and, Crazy. and that's, Crazy. I like teams with continuity. That's why. You know, and, and we're gonna switch gears. That's why I love the Celtics. That's why I love the, yeah, the Heat right saying, now. Let's let's. I can't. I just can't keep going down the Clippers. I and, mean, I could. And you know, I checked with my source, and and it turns out the the secret to the Heat magic, you know, has been there all along, and it, it's never waved. And it's uh, Pat Riley. He's <laughs> Pat Riley, <laughs> one of my favorite coaches of all time. Arguably, you know, it I, honestly maybe my favorite coach of all time. 
uh, in the NBA. I, you know, he Daniel just he saw him for the first time when we were watching the end of that, the watching the rest of that game. He said, "Who's that guy that they showed?" And I said, "Oh, it's Pat Riley." He goes, "He looks like a mobster." Yeah, I, I was, was like, "Yeah, this, he's the NBA mob, bro." I was at this restaurant in uh, Orlando a couple years ago with uh, Allie's family, and, and her dad, you know, big basketball guy, you know, coaches uh, girls basketball. Yeah, he called us stuff. playing basketball at the mall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we see this picture on the wall. You know this this like restaurant. A lot of like famous people would come in or whatever, and this uh, the owner would take pictures with them. You know, same thing that I would do. So and it, had, so it was it was a wing stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's this picture of Pat Riley, and he goes, "You know who that is?" I said, "That's Pat Riley. He's one of my favorites." And, and, uh, and he said, "How did you know that?" I said, "You can always tell by his slick back hair." <laughs> and uh, and he's Plus, t- I mean, how could you marry his daughter if you know who Pat Riley? Is? Yeah, and and he's the type of guy that you uh, you can ask him anything on the day of this my daughter's wedding, and uh, and he's that type of guy that will gift you that that one wish. But you know, Pat Riley, you know, ran the '80s with the Lakers. Uh, one with the Heat in in '06. Uh, you know, had the stints in in New York. One of my favorites. But him as a front office guy has just been legendary. And it began with LeBron James and D. Wade coming in, wanting to fire Spolstra immediately two months after. And Pat Riley saying no and getting out. And then Pat Riley telling them, you know, as they're wanting to leave in in, uh, 2014, like, you know, this is hard. You don't win a championship every year. You know, I coached the Lakers in the 80s and we didn't win a championship every year. It's tough to win championships. And... I like that mentality and the fact that Spolster has hung around the system uh, for years. And I think a lot of that is because of Pat Riley and that, that continuity. And it just builds up that culture. It's the opposite of, of my problem with the Philadelphia culture. You know, they are winners. Jimmy Butler is the perfect guy to go in there. They draft well. They develop well. And they, they have that mentality that we're going to compete year after year. Even when our team sucks after LeBron leaves and Dwayne Wade's getting old and Chris Bosh is out. You know, we're going to suck for a couple of years and still make it into the playoffs a couple of times and still fight for that eight seed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Pat Riley right now, I feel like there's a, a burning in his heart to take the heat against the Lakers because there's definitely that, that vibe that LeBron James, when he left, that he burned down the house that Pat was building. And I feel like that heat team could have won. They could have dominated Oh, for a absolutely. long time. Absolutely. And it would have been fun to watch them playing against, you know, some of these other teams that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden State, I mean, the, the very next year, it would have been fun to watch that Heat oh, team play absolutely. against Golden State. Uh, Man. It's hard for me to know who to want. Yeah. But, you know, when LeBron left, that hurt. And I feel like Pat Riley just wait and say, I want LeBron. Yeah. I want LeBron. Le- LeBron honestly, could have had five championships with the Heat. Honestly, man, whew. Do I think if it comes down to Miami and L.A., do I think Miami's trouble? Heck yeah, I do. I think that Bam is the most underrated big man. That block, my lord, oh, that man. block. I mean, I, I literally, what, how, what, how, was, what was the how, date how many How many houses down did your neighbors hear you yell? Oh, my God. Dude. What what date was this? Is that the 13th? The 15th. The 15th. Tuesday, September 15th. <laughs> no matter when you listen to this podcast the rest of your life. Tuesday, September 15th was one of the greatest days in basketball I've ever seen in my life. Freaking that heat game. I mean, I'm screaming all the way through the fourth quarter. Tyler Hero's putting up Absolutely. A Tyler Hero. What a dog. What a dog. And then Jimmy comes in, hits the corner, comes in, hits the craziest buggy. Looks like it wasn't even going to go in. They're making plays and bam at the block. I mean, oh, but Jimmy's not a oh. shooter, though. Yeah, Jimmy's not. A shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jimmy's no, he's just a gamer. He just wins games. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy is uh Jimmy is the wing Rondo. Uh, you you you're gonna count him out, and then he's gonna come in and beat you, man, dude. But Bam Bam's block, man, that was a block. And then I saw all these people online. They're like, it looked like a goaltend. It's like, bro, he was dunking. Yes, his hand has to come off the ball for it to be a goaltend. Dude was dunking, and, and, it was- and he got blocked. <laughs> And, and we're talking about Bam did this to Jason Tatum, and one Tatum of the best young players. And, and really, maybe a top 15, top 20 player right now in the league. You see how close Tatum was to making that final shot? And, and Tatum he fell the, on the floor Tatum and he got the right up two move. guys on him yeah. and still hit the back of the rim. I was like, dude, is that me in my backyard? Because <laughs> I'm not making any shot in my backyard, you know? Yeah. I was like, dang. Tatum. 
Tatum did the right move, and, and Bam just he, – he went up for it. Game on the line, that's what you have to do if you want to be be the player that, that Bam he, is. And, he can and all respect to Jason Celtics. Tatum, but – Man, what a what a game that we deserved in overtime, and we deserve six more overtimes of this. Oh yeah, my my boys said I said that was game one. I thought that was game seven. I was like, yeah, they're playing it like a game seven for sure. These There's NBA playoffs mentality. are the only good thing about twenty twenty. Put it on record. <laughs> the only good thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for I'm ready Man. for these Western Conference Finals. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm ready. Basketball right now has been amazing. I mean, yeah. I just couldn't be more excited. About watching basketball, just absolutely. That's absolutely. all I want to do. Yep we we get a we get a Heat Celtics game tomorrow night, and then I think day after we start the Western Conference Finals on Friday. So that'll so be a lot of this, that'll be fun. Western Conference Finals game one tonight. Yep. If you listen to this on Friday when it drops, yep. Um, it's it's gonna be a big one. It's going it's gonna be a big one. Yeah. I mean, I predict I predict Lakers win. I predict Lakers get up 3-1, and then after that, all <laughs> predictions are off. All predictions are off. I can't see the, it. The way. 3-1 killers. The Lakers have dropped their first game of both yep. the first round. So, you know, they lost to Portland the first game. They lost to Houston the first game. And, and then they, they won they all the rest. They won yeah. So, so. It's, it's like it's hard to tell the Lakers, you know, do they need a buffer game? And, Is and that sometimes I feel like LeBron likes to, likes to feel out teams. And, and I felt like that, you know, throughout his whole career, he feels out the team a little bit. And then he knows because he's the smartest player to ever play the game. He just cool. knows how to, yeah, how to put it I'm, together. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Kobe <laughs> I, I think that uh, – I think that – on the other side, Miami has won all the game ones, I believe, and uh, you know it's it's going to be a dogfight. And, and really, Miami's side. a bad matchup for for the Lakers. They've been bad a bad, bad matchup, matchup for everybody, and it's because Miami's, Miami's a bad matchup for everybody. They they honestly could be the favorite in my mind. Miami's the only team so far that you know they play the way the Celtics do it a little bit, and the Raptors did it, but they play exactly how they want to play. And how they can play is malleable based on the game. They can push the ball. They don't have to, uh, you know, force everything if they don't want to. Um, you know, they're going to hit 15 threes a game. They half-court basketball. Yep, they're going to shoot 35 40% from three as a team consistently day in and day out. They don't have to rely on getting streaky in order to win a game. Yeah. They're going to play great defensive ball. They have Jay Crowder and, and Andre Gudala even playing on – uh, oh yeah, I mean, where, where Ugedala, Jimmy Bo- Ugedala and Jimmy are the best uh, wing defenders in the NBA. <laughs> like, period. I don't, I don't know what the experts are saying, but period. I'm just saying, Jimmy Butler's been better than playoff P since they are both in, uh, in the Midwest. You know, Bulls versus Pacers. Uh, you know, I, I think that's I think that's a, a fun lock. You know, kind of switching gears a little bit since we we know how both of us feel uh, today. The All NBA teams came out. Did you get a chance to see? Yeah, these? I did. I saw. All right, so so just for the listeners, I'm going to read these off. First team, LeBron James, Giannis, uh, Luka, Anthony Davis, James Harden. Any real debate there? No. No, no. And uh, and by the way, Luka, <laughs> youngest player ever to be first team All-NBA. Yeah. So I've seen, I seen all, the, all the ESPN trolls saying Luka's the new face of the league. Luka's the new face of the league. Uh, and, and people think Zion is, but Luka is. Uh, I don't think that Luka is the new face of the league, but I think that Luka is amazing. Yeah, it, it's the same reason why 10-year-olds love Steph Curry, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. He's the new the new hot thing. Yeah. Uh, but they, they forgot about, you know, the king. Uh, second team, we got Dame, Kawhi, Jokic, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam. Whew. I think Spicy P's a little high up there. No Boston player? No Tatum? Yep. Oh, yeah. man. No Kimba? I mean, that's tough. That that is a tough um, one. No, that is no a tough Jimmy. One. And and I got a, I got a thought on who I would put in second team instead of Pascal Siakam, uh, and we'll get to that after the third. And, and I, on, didn't, I didn't actually read the second and third team. So on uh, on third team we have Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, and Russell Westbrook. So I think that's a uh, that's a pretty solid team. Donovan uh, Mitchell didn't even make a make Russ, a team. Russ had a fine season. You Russ know who, had a great year. You know who got snubbed. Only player. Well, I just said Donovan Mitchell. He scored fifty points twice in the in the playoffs. I mean, he's a. He's I know, a I know. Regular season awards, though. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and they they should have an he all. Good, they though, should yeah. have playoff awards. I I want. I mean, Adam I, Silver I to play good all year, though. I mean, awards. like 
like as much as Rudy Gobert deserves to be there, Donovan deserves to be. Oh, there. absolutely. Just, but you know, you know they they line it up two guards, over. two wings, and sure. yeah. and in uh, the center. Position, yeah. Only player to ever average thirty points and six assists got snubbed, and it's Bradley Beal. Yeah, the, and it's because the Wizards are are so atrocious. But you could drop Siakam. Yep. Pull and, up Tatum and then put Beal on the last list. That's that's true. Uh, even but though I think Siakam had a great year, and you look at regular season, Siakam was great uh, and just really was bad in the playoffs. Bradley Beal has been legitimately a, a top five coveted trade asset for five years now. Uh, he averaged 30 a game, carries the Washington Wizards to nothing every year. And get snubbed like this. Same same it's, way that Devin Booker gets snubbed. It's tough because they're not getting NBA's best defense. Uh, no. They're getting blown out, and he's no. playing some garbage minutes, yeah. throwing a lot of buckets. True. And uh, and he's the whole team at this point, so he's True. getting like more usage than he should get. You know, I feel like if you plug other guys into that Absolutely. team, they Absolutely. have the same results. So, and I think well, Devin Booker got snubbed on that list too. So you could really toss up a Bradley Beal, a Devin Booker, and a Brandon Ingram. And yep. uh, and you'd still be in the conversation. So I, I don't know. Yep. You know who you couldn't toss up? DeAndre Ayton, man. <laughs> Marvin Bagley. Those guys didn't do a lot. Trey no. Young didn't make that list. He scored no. a lot of buckets. Doesn't play any defense. He's the new James Harden. That's that's true. No, I I get that. And, and so that's just kind of a run through. Uh, I think overall, what pretty about solid. The fact that nobody in Orlando ever gets anything. Like Vukovic never gets anything. Vukovic is but they is make great. the playoffs every year. Absolutely, it, it's because they are statistically the most average team. Yeah, across the board, they're the number fifteen in every category. Yeah, it seems like, and uh, and Vukovic is a great player. Uh, they have they have decent pieces, but. You know they don't. Yeah. They don't. Do Honestly, anything, they whatever. should just give all the awards to DJ Augustine, anyways. Um, I, I, I want the, <laughs> I want the Magic to come back as a relevant team because some of the most fun teams are the Magic. You know, we get the Magic in the '90s with with Penny and Shaq. Wow. Magic with T Mac, and then we got uh, Magic. You know what White. sucks about Orlando is that everyone's playing in Orlando except for Magic. That's focus. It is bogus. But. All right, so I want to hit you with a with a couple of uh, trade items. One of the we'll we'll kick off with uh, biggest rumor, uh, Drew Holiday on the block. A uh, couple teams, you know, what the most prominent to express interest are the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, talking about offering up um, a pick, uh, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, a couple pieces like that. What do you think about that? Uh, I think I think that if I was the Brooklyn Nets, I wouldn't trade uh, Dinwiddie unless I was getting something else that that could, or I wouldn't trade uh, Jared Allen unless I could get somebody else that could cover that position because DeAndre Jordan is not going to cut it mm-hmm. uh, the amount of minutes you need, and you have to have a good big man uh, in the East. I think you know I know everyone's playing small ball, and I know that KD can yep. can play the center if they need him. Uh, I think Especially Jared Allen is really is really East. valuable though. Yeah. Um, but if it was like Drew Holiday and Jackson Hayes, and you traded Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Jared Allen, and uh, maybe a pick, I feel like that's a good trade for both sides. Um, clearly, clearly Brooklyn has to let Karras or Spencer Dinwiddie go to build this team, uh, and yeah. you, you just don't have to have both. And, what and I don't really see is I don't really see. What value for the Pelicans, Jarrett Allen or Dinwiddie or Karis LeVert is over Drew Holiday? Like, they have big men in, in New Orleans already. They have wings. They have Lonzo. They got Ingram. Uh, they have some shooters. They got J.J. Redick. You know, it's like there's not a lot of, like, like you know, if you're looking six-man, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're making Spencer your six-man, and he comes in and rolls. I just, I just don't see it as the value that they really, really need. Uh, All right, but, well, we'll throw know. in a wrench then. Uh, the Pelicans signed D'Antoni as as head coach. So you got D'Antonio with Lonzo Ball, which I think will unlock a lot of uh, of lot of Lonzo's game. It won't get him back to where he was uh, potentially going to go as a defensive player when he was in L.A. I thought that we had a lot of promise. I think that he's a good defensive point guard still. I, think I, I, I agree. Um, but I think... That he was a lot better in LA, and I think that he uh, he he I just really showed, think he was better. In I think LA. he just showed more. I think he that. just showed more because the type of guards he was playing. Now Drew yeah. Holiday's guarding those people, and LA didn't have many yeah. stoppers. 
So if we get if we get D'Antonio uh, running with with Lonzo Ball, and we sub out a Drew Holiday Lonzo for Hill. for a, <laughs> for a Karis Levert or a Spencer Dinwiddie running to both Spence and <clears throat> Lonzo facilitating the ball with Zion and a Jared Allen there. Jared Allen's a little mobile. All right, let's run everything you just said back because um, I got to start back with Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> Uh, Mike D'Antoni in New Orleans is literally the worst situation for New Orleans. So if they hire him, <laughs> I what think a it's terrible, the best situation. No, no, no. I no. think it's the best. What a terrible situation. Mike D'Antoni needs a bunch of three-point shooters. That's what he needs. He needs a yeah. ton of three-point shooters, and he but doesn't want anybody to play Ball the Ball becomes like Steve Nash. Lonzo Ball's a bad three-point shooter. He's average at best. Uh, he's never going to put a 40% through the year, 38 even. Um, you know, you got Zion who can shoot threes, but again, it's probably not going to be a 38% three-point shooter. Uh, you only have Redick as an elite three-point shooter on that team. Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are not incredible three-point shooters. Uh, who else do you have? You know, I mean, I understand Drew Holiday is gone. He's not incredible either. Yeah, you literally just like, you're running out of guys to shoot threes with. He has to have, for, for a Mike D'Antoni offense to work, he needs one player who is so dominant. He needs a Steve Nash. He needs a Kobe. He needs a Harden. He needs a Steph Curry. He needs a Dame Lillard. He needs somebody that is very usage heavy and can shoot the long ball. And New Orleans literally has the opposite of that team. They have a bunch of Showtime. They're a running team. They're fast. Um, they're a great defensive team. Um, they're not a, a spread and half court offense sort of team. You know. Yeah. And I think that I think New Orleans is already good. I mean, I think if Zion's oh, on I the agree. floor, I agree. they're good. And and mostly they just need experience. They need development. And I can't Mike D'Antoni as your development coach. I mean, you, they shouldn't hey. have fired their guy. But at the end of the day, Mike D'Antoni as development coach is just a joke. But it, but it's a it's an interesting wrench um, in New Orleans. It's because David Griffin would hire a D'Antoni because he he he's a star guy. He wants the stars. Yeah. He wants to be. He wants to be Daryl Morey. My, David Griffin wants to be Daryl Morey. Uh, he wants to be out of the shadow of of the LeBron era of Cleveland. He wants to build his own thing. And uh, you know, even after Zion's first game, his remarks were just like his remarks were trash. Just about the amount of time they wanted Zion to play. Mm-hmm. He's literally got that whole team on a leash. You know, he's running the show. Yeah. So I don't know. I I hate that hire. I think that there's so many better options. New Orleans just they got they're gonna have to do something different, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. All that situation, I hate that. Going back to the trades uh, with Drew Holiday, real quick. Uh, you know, if not Brooklyn, if if he had to move from New Orleans, and and I guess you could uh, you could veto that as as New Orleans GM uh, in this situation. But where where do you think he fits if, if New Orleans tries to shop him? Man, if they you know, to, he's 31, so... They try to shop him. Uh, it has to be a team that needs a really good shakeup to to make it. Uh, so, um, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix is, like, always a piece away. Uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn does need him. Uh, they're a piece away. Orlando and, uh, and Portland. You know, I think those are the four teams that could use Drew Holiday That's the fair. most. I feel like if anyone's going to shoot for him, I think it would be Portland. Um, Portland having a, an elite defender to be out on the wings and, and, and anywhere on the floor would really just mean a lot to that team. Yeah. It would really change the dynamic. Um, if if I'm if I'm a Phoenix, man, I'd be I would want him bad because they lack defense. They lack defense at a high level, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they played so well in the bubble and uh, yeah. they have so many good pieces. Ways A to no good. <laughs> He's. He, I think that he actually is good. I think that they need a veteran that has a defensive mentality. Yeah. Uh, also, and, and I think they have some pieces that can develop into into great defensive players. They um, do. They do. So Booker's never going to be a great defensive player. But they got. You got to have great. They got Ubre. They got Ian. Ubre so. is really great. Uh, so I think those teams would be tops for me. But you know, I think that you never can expect like. Like those are the teams that are on the on the bottom edge. I think that on the other end of that, you have Golden State dangling a pick, and Golden State with with Drew Holiday would be really yeah, tough. Yeah, that's that's a that's a know. talk. But you know, if I'm Golden State, I'm running running it with Wiggins. 
It's hard to dump Wiggins. He doesn't have. He has a big contract. With, I'm not saying dump with Wiggins. a lot of people don't want him, but it, you don't you don't get Drew Holiday without moving Wiggins. They you know are paying like a hundred million dollars on four players. Uh, they, Golden they have State to doesn't move. care about being a luxury tax. So they they haven't. <laughs> they got yeah. that brand new shiny stadium. Yeah, I mean they uh, they said that they don't care. I mean they've said yeah. it so many times. I feel like I, feel I like think that team's gonna they, be fun with Wiggins. I feel like I feel like if you got if you're Golden State and you got you got this top pick, you got to look at who's available. And we know Drew Holiday is going to be available. You know, uh, you know that maybe Embiid or or, or something's available. Um, you know that maybe a piece or two of the Bucks team is available. Uh, I don't think you want anything the Clippers are going to get rid of. Uh, I think the Clippers would be willing to get rid of a Lou Williams or a Pat Beverly, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think those would make a difference for Golden State. But Golden State with Drew Holiday would be a tough team. I think that they would have to let go of like a, their pick and probably like Pascal, which they wouldn't want to get mm-hmm. rid of him. But, I mean, Drew Holiday takes a lot of – Steph doesn't have to guard guys the same way. And now you have Drew and Clay and, and Draymond Green – and Wiggins, you got four great, pretty good defenders on the floor, and then you can hide Steph, and Steph can concentrate and, on and offense. And, and Steph's a, a great team. defender, honestly. And Steph he, has he's, got, a he's become defender. a better defender. And he's, he's, a, a good, he's a sneaky defender. He knows lane, how to get like the fouls. He knows how to yeah. yeah. He gets steals. I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, next trade up on my mind, I I think Bradley Beal has to go. I think he's too good of a guy to force his way out, and that's why I like him. But I think. I think he's got to go. If I think they he, tra- if he they trade Beal, I don't team. think they trade him until the deadline, um, because they they went to all the trouble of making sure they had him after the deadline this yep. last year, and that gave them a little bit of, of room to basically say, are we going to be in contention by the deadline next year? I think the Bucks need to make a move for him. If the Wizards uh, are in contention said last week, I think they need to move back. The best thing about Beal is that he becomes a, a great piece when everybody's deciding that they need a piece. And so at the deadline, they can get the most value out of him. I don't think the draft is big enough for the Wizards to jump. Like, you know, unless yeah. – I guess if they were going for a number one, number two pick, maybe. But I don't think it's worth it. Unless they fire the fire pre- – uh, whatever his name is, the coach, and um, you know, and just total rebuild today. But, see, I don't think they'll do it. They, they've been cold feet – all along. They should have traded him two years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. They could have been trading him for the, the Zion pick. You know, that would have been the move. Alright, and, uh, and then last scenario, I think something's got to give with uh, with Houston. What do, what do cool, you think man. happens this offseason? They, so, they already, their coaches decided to opt out. What happens beyond that? The coaching change is going to be huge for them. Because a who, lot. Who fills in that team, though? Like, who, who wants the job for one? I mean, I feel, like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody would want the job. Um, I think that... Count me out. Houston Rockets, if you call me Daryl Morey, I'm, I'm rejecting the offer. I'm not coming to coach James Harden. I feel like Daryl Morey's going to look for a deep cut because he really thinks he's a maestro. So he's going to look for something that nobody sees coming. Um, could see him snagging an already existing coach from somewhere else. Uh, so that's the kind of thing he would like to do. Um, I feel like the coach is going to make a lot of difference here. Like, I think that they're not going to go with five guys who aren't tall enough to play <clears throat> basketball again. Um, I think they have to. I think they have to I run it back because are. because how? Okay, they're n- they're never going to trade James Harden. They need to, but they won't because if as soon as you do, you're forced into a rebuild because you don't get anything back. That's as good as James Harden winning you 50 games a year. What if you could trade James Harden for, let's say, Joel Embiid and some picks? I mean, like, I would make that trade if I have Russell Westbrook on my team throwing lobs to Embiid. You you think Embiid's a better fit than Steven Adams with Russ? I do. I think that that they both have the same mentality. Like, like they fuel each other in a way. Over like, under three fights on court for the season for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean they don't get along. They don't like each other, but I feel like they could come together and be a really good team because of the same kind of guys. I also can't see Houston just getting rid of Harden. He's like no, I, franchise I don't think player. so either. Yeah. Uh, so and and they're I think gonna they're going to hang Russ on to him after year yeah. after year one of Russ. Well, I don't think they um, can trade Russ. 
it, yeah, it was I mean, hard. It was hard enough much. for them to trade CP3, and this is an even worse scenario. But except here's, that Russ is way younger. Here's my trade scenario. Left on his. Here's my trade scenario for Russ, and I think that that you might be on board with this. Well, anywhere is better than there. So. I think we need to shake up the league and bring some relevancy to a small market. And I think Russ, being a Jordan brand guy, needs to go to Charlotte and play for Michael Jordan. And I think I think the Hornets need to give up, uh, you know, Terry Rozier. Obviously, we don't need him there if if uh, if Russ is is there. (laughs) And uh, maybe they throw on like a Miles Bridges. I think he can be a fun fit with the Rockets. He's a good cutter, get to the basket, and a decent outside shooter, decent uh, decent player. And then you just let Russ play, you know, forty minutes a night. We go back to OKC, Russ. We go back to triple double MVP candidate, Russ. Yeah. Playing in Charlotte, you know, he sells some sells some seeds. He's definitely uh, going to get tickets, a little farther you know. in the East, I think. Oh, I think they're an eight seed. Oh, I mean, <laughs> six seed in the East. I, I love I love Russ to Charlotte. If if I'm Houston, I I would be willing to trade Russ. I would be willing to trade any piece I have right now. If I'm Daryl Morey, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be afraid to trade it. I mean, since 2015, 2014, they've been in contention and haven't been pulled off. Yep. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to trade anybody, which he clearly isn't. Uh, I would be willing to trade Russ. The markets I think that would need Russ the most, I think Charlotte is a great pick. I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks always need something. If something they don't get LaMelo. Yeah, something to make them feel like they're oh, doing I agree. something. I agree. Russ would put them in contention right away. The Knicks and haven't done anything play in the spotlight years. and be yep. bigger than life. I, uh, Russ would I be think a that'd great be fit fun. there. Harden would also be a great fit in New York, though, yeah. as another guy that wants to be in, this, in the light, you know. Um, I feel like in the moment those guys would be good and would do really well in the East. What do you think um, about even? Uh, but what does the Knicks have that anybody wants? Think maybe? think about this scenario though, because because really we want the Knicks to have Devin Booker, D'Angelo Russell, and Cat. We want that to form in New York. <laughs> uh, but but alternate scenario, Russ for for D'Angelo Russell, send Russ up north, send D'Lo south. You know D'Lo. It's basically is basically like a less efficient James Harden anyway, and then you get Russ with Carl Anthony Towns, essentially the Russ uh, Joel and B connection. That's a terrible trade, but oh, it I is. I thought but a couple times fun. that if the Rockets had, had still had D'Antoni, that um, that Houston Houston's center they needed was Carl Anthony Towns, a center oh, that yeah. could shoot, you know, forty percent from three, mm-hmm. and uh, that yeah, they needed that. I think if I'm Houston, I'm looking for a center that can shoot threes. I'm looking for some big guys that can shoot threes. So if I'm Houston, I really want Kevin Love. Um, he would have been a great fit in, the, in their offense all along. And he's he's taller than everybody else that's out there, mm-hmm. I guess. So he can actually uh, grab an offensive uh, he's, rebound. Yeah, he's, a, he's an elite rebounder. And his game is pretty much shoot threes and rebound at this point and make good fast break passes. Yep. And he can plus bring his, you all plus that his for a few more years. You know, might be the best of any NBA player. Yeah. So he can bring. Shout you, out to Kevin Love's Instagram. Kevin Love can bring you all those things for a few more years. Like he's he's yep. not going to be this post up monster, mm-hmm. and you don't want that anyways. But he can he can shoot threes. He can rebound, and Houston doesn't care about defense anyway. I don't know. I feel like Houston Houston has to change up the the little guy lineup. They got to let go of uh, PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon. I don't know who their free agents are. They're gonna to have to do really well in free agency or make a blockbuster yep. trade. I, I think that Robert Covington didn't work out well for them because he's been oh, so inconsistent. Go. Yeah, his no uh, his upside's too great, but you know he's been so inconsistent. He carried him in the games they won. Covington was the piece. I mean, he 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 hits big threes. Yeah, but really, he's the only great defender. No, they they have to keep know? him, but they have to hope that it works out. And well. not that Tucker's Tucker's a good defender, but you know Tucker's not gonna. What they asked him to do was more than he could do, you know. So that, that's just just too much. That's fair. They definitely can't stand pat, and the coach yeah. change isn't going to be enough to make them a champion. So I don't know. I mean, Houston should just rebuild everything and just they should go sign Boogie. Lose. But they Boogie should. would be a great addition. He's a free agent and available, and he shoots threes and can rebound. Think about and uh, you only have to deal with like twenty technical fouls a year, and he might not be available for the finals if he gets enough technical fouls yep. in the playoffs. Another so, good scenario is uh, I think Buddy Heald has to has to get out of of Sacramento. I think uh, a fun, you think they're going to let him go. No, I, I think I think it feels like Sacramento hates Buddy Heald. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, but uh, didn't didn't they fire Divac? Isn't he? Yeah, out? 
Yeah. Because, so, see, with Divock, you could have traded any big man for Buddy Heald. You could have offered him, like, one. You could have mm-hmm. said, this is my cousin. He's really tall. Yeah. And uh, you you love big men, right? He'd be like, oh, I love big men. i got to get as many as I can. And then he would have immediately traded Buddy Heald for any big man. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, now that he's gone, he might but, hold on to him. But if we got – if we got, Why uh, not just put Ty Lue in charge of, of if the If we games? got De'Aaron Fox – Russell Westbrook and Marvin Bagley would just scoop up boards, and then we get De'Aaron Fox and, and Russell Westbrook a, a running, running a hundred <laughs> miles an hour up and down the court like it's a track meet. Like who can dribble the ball the Russ, fastest? Russ, they just go into the they go into Adam Silver and say, "Hey, can we get rid of the three point line in our arena? We like to play only twos here." <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like in, in professional soccer and a lot of like collegiate soccer. Uh, you only have to have a minimum size of your field. But your field can be like, you know, up to a certain size. So you have a minimum length. That's why LCU, you know, they'd always have the best condition players at, at the local college because their field was bigger than a lot of other schools' fields. And I think the uh, the Sacramento's Kings could build a huge court. Really big court, but everything's <laughs> only a two-point. Yeah. I would actually love to watch basketball games where they got rid of the three-point line. Jam. Like right now. Like if they just said, hey, we're going to play five exhibition games, no three-point line. Everyone's just got to be balling on twos. I would love that. Watching how many people shoot twos from really far mm. just to do it. The ISO. And then how coming. much like the ISO just gets yeah. crazy. It would be it would be great. Basically, watching King of the Court. Yep. Uh, and then uh, really and then Melo wins the MVP. Yeah, Melo wins MVP in the two point game. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like some of those trade ideas. You know, obviously, obviously, you know, the NBA is not going to let us down. There's going to be a shakeup. Yeah. And there was a shakeup last year. Yep. And, you know, all the experts said Bucks and Clippers, and all the experts were wrong. Yeah. And here we are. The and, shakeup uh, was real, yeah. and they just didn't getting, do what they wanted. Getting excited to. for this offseason, I think uh, today it was solidified. I think uh, November 18th is uh, the draft, something like that, and uh, no official word on free agency, but it's coming soon. So that's, uh, you know, getting getting pretty excited for what's to come. And I think, I, you know, I'm, I'm almost – on, on two sides. One side, the NBA every year gives us something in, in free agency. The other side, you know, maybe teams just stay put. Maybe a team like Houston thinks, oh, it was it was the bubble. You know, the Clippers blame the bubble on, on uh, kind of faltering, having six months off. You know, and I get that. Those are legitimate reasons to kind of feel that way. But not to lose, not to go, not to go three one and lose. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But no. like you know, blow a sixteen maybe, and nineteen maybe those and a twelve. Of teams use that as an excuse to stay put, run it back, and, and see what happens. But oh, I mean, Doc Rivers. Said, I well, think we just haven't played together as much as those guys. They blew a sixteen point, then a nineteen point, then a twelve point lead in three consecutive games with the best defense in the NBA. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so, obviously, yeah, a lot, a lot's going to happen. I think there's obviously a huge list of people that, that are going to be moved. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wild offseason. I think the only teams that I see standing pat, you know, I think Boston's not going to change a lot, even if they lose this series. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to keep building on their I think uh, they're experience. just going to extend the depth. Yeah, yep, that's, and that's uh, the Miami, I think the same. Yep. I think they're not going to change a lot. They might add some pieces, but they're going to keep it mostly whole. I think all these teams in this final four are gonna gonna sort of roll the same. Mm-hmm. Though I think the Lakers will have the biggest turnover just because that's typical yeah. of LeBron James teams. Yeah, but uh, but we'll have LeBron back in LA and and I don't see and there's back any... on the pod. We're gonna have yeah. LeBron back on the pod, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I think he's uh I think Zach Appa actually went out to go went out get to go LeBron. get LeBron. Yeah. So as soon as and then he as started talking, Zach... started taking pictures yeah. with them, he started bragging to exactly. everybody that he met LeBron. It, and then he said, "I'm part of the KBD." Yeah. Hey Zach, I also want you to know that I saw that Facebook post that you deleted. Oh, uh, man, we have to talk about that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so as soon as Zach yeah, gets back, LeBron will be uh, will be on the podcast. But I think there's no way Anthony Davis hasn't returned to to LA. I think any you know talk about him leaving is is nonsense. Well, hopefully next year when we're at the All Star Game, we can uh, talk to him about it. Adam Silver gets to the All Star Game. Yeah, if you well, want to sponsor if, if we're, this pod, let us know. Yeah. Anybody that wants to sponsor, I have thought uh, we've got a panel made guys that got up us. So. Yeah. who's coming over? No, I said the coronavirus got to oh. get over because how weird is Good the thing bubble? I didn't buy All Star Game tickets. The bubble All Star Game just that's gonna be it's gonna be odd. You know, yeah. no no crowd reaction. We just get Dwayne Wade uh, getting the dunk contest. <laughs> um. 
You know, uh, I want to leave the pod with this last thing. In 2020, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the Clippers. <laughs> I want everyone to know that it would still be better to be a Knicks fan than a Clippers fan. And I'm signing off on that. Dang. I would rather be a New York Knicks fan today than a Los Angeles Clippers fan tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Baller out. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Am I a Baller? Am I a Baller is brought to you by Rarissi Boys and a production of Miko Club. Our friend Garrett Haddock, he knows how to make really good bread, and he learned it from our friend Eric, and that's a fun fact. A really fun fact, I think. Follow us on Instagram at Am I a Baller. If you got some really good ideas on, on trades, uh, you can tell us, or you could tell Daryl Morey, because he's going to need some ideas. Uh, or you could tell Doc Rivers, because he's going to need a lot of ideas. And maybe you could just see if he can get, you know, Big Baby Davis back out there, Paul Pierce, maybe KG comes out of retirement. Uh, maybe he can he can beg Ray Allen to go ahead and bring it back, because I think that that might be the only way the Clippers could make it to the Western Conference Finals. The wings have been clipped by the City of Angels. Uh, September 15th, 2020, one of the greatest days in basketball history. Two of the best games we've ever seen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back again. If you're Steve Ballmer, is this the worst investment that you've made in your lifetime? Well, I mean, Steve Ballmer's always playing second place. Like, he's no <laughs> Apple. He's no Lakers. I mean, he's not even Bill Gates. He's not even Bill Gates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's stuck. He's stuck, bro.